0: Welcome back to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ. He is Steve. And Master Chief has made a triumphant return in episode 253 today, December 11th, 2021. We're just missing that little magical 7. ribbon, would 117. We are going to be going right into our topic of the day, which is the Halo Infinite impressions. So there's no need to fast forward to that little puppy. And we are, in fact, pated, honored, and maybe even a little turned on a bit that Nick, a.k.a. Big Baby Moose, has made his triumphant return. So welcome, Nicholas. It is so good to see you and your, your demeanor. Your, your beardness. Your handsome... <laughs> <laughs> wonderful physique, <laughs> godly Greek goodness. <laughs> my goodness. That's good. Oh, if I was any lesser man, I would not be able to <sighs> withhold an abstain by my myself. palms are getting all sweaty oh. just looking at it. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: oh, well, welcome to the show, <sighs> Nick. It
0: is absolutely wonderful. Uh, to see you, and uh, it was my goodness. Video really does does the soul good. Bring us it?
1: together. It does. Yes, indeed. it does. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does.
0: Hmm. Well, we have a, a whole lot to talk about in terms of what we have experienced in Halo so far. Yeah. The first thing, though, that I would love to kind of kick things off with is the order of operations in which they kind of are, are doling out yeah. these different features that as rabid Halo mm. players, we have kind of grown accustomed to just having everything together. Right. right. Yeah. So Definitely. the first thing that we had experienced with Halo Infinite was that they had released the multiplayer feature. Sure. Which was kind of a surprise. Right. Like like if you think about how all of a sudden it, it, it was rather dropped into our lap right yeah. like like when you when you had multiplayer all of a sudden come out um that was both exciting but also kind of huh mm. inducing because we're so conditioned to be able to have that and when it came to multiplayer um there were a lot of different things that i think we all felt and so i, I want to kick it over to nick and be able to talk about just focusing on the multiplayer component, we'll get to like the campaign next. But it, but just in terms of having them release the multiplayer, what has been
1: your experience so far? Well, you know, it's uh, starting at the very good, you know, beginning is a good place to start. They say, uh huh, uh-huh. indeed, I heard that somewhere. The sound of music, <laughs> I think. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Yes, no, uh, being that that was the first thing to come out, uh, yeah, we definitely should start there. And it was, yeah, it was shocking. It was very surprising, just because normally we have the campaign first, giving you an uh, you know an opportunity to flesh things out, you know, get a feel for the game again, and get back into the the Halo universe. Yes, check out the new weapons, indeed, and all the goodies, and especially that new grappling hook. Awesome, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, And kind of get a feel for it And then you hop in the multiplayer You got the rust shook off If you're an old man like me I like those too Right, <laughs> and you find out that you suck, no. <laughs> but but you have How fun anyway. How exactly do you pistol whip again? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'm gonna find Humper's a rock that? to throw to the sky in my day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You still it's, have
2: the bumper jumper setting. I used that in 2001.
1: <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I was looking for boxer. It's not there anymore, and it threw me off. But uh, apparently, yeah, I'm an old man. So um, yeah, no, it was it was interesting because yeah, you just kind of got thrown right into the fire. Right, know, the, the proverbial fire right. uh, and uh, so it made for a steep learning curve number one and then I would say that while it felt very much like Halo, the multiplayer let's just start with the good the multiplayer is clean it's fast, it feels good mm. uh, the guns all feel very awesome, the ones you're familiar with are going to feel as familiar as they ever had and the new ones are mm. all pretty unique and interesting and fun in their own ways I already have a couple favorites but yeah uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it, it was that part of it's really great. But then you also get in there and you see that there's two mode types, quick right. play and big team battle, and that's it. And I mean, I'm not sure exactly how many maps are available. I haven't seen anything that says what the total count is, but uh, we, you and I talked about this earlier in the week. I think I've only seen three maps right. the entire time I played. And I've played a fair bit of multiplayer um, at this point and that was kind of surprising cuz i was expecting to see a lot more of the traditional halo variety i mean these games usually launch with what 12 to 14 maps i mean it is considerably
0: more right
2: well i mean granted this is just the beta too that whole multiplayer wasn't like the official launch of multiplayer that was a that was the multiplayer Beta. Well,
0: and they, I think they, they did that as almost like kind of a safeguard, mm. it, just in case, like, if some unforeseen show stopping bug were to occur, they go, oh, it's beta. But then I think after a while, they then came out and said, oh, well, actually, this is considered like we're fully live now. Um, yeah,
1: that's what I had heard. It's that this is the fully live thing. And I mean, now, granted, as soon as campaign dropped eyes all in on campaign, I have not touched multiplayer since I can't verify that there are not any new maps. But uh, I'll be curious once I finally go to get in there to see if there is more map variety. But yeah, but it, you know, limited maps. At least even if it's just beta, it was limited maps, and you cannot choose modes. And right. choosing modes is—I mean, we've been doing that since day one. We're talking twenty, 20 years. years ago. Twenty years yeah. ago. I mean, I bought—I bought an original Xbox for two games, and I got them right after it came out. I got it for Halo, and I got it for Trans World Surf. I really wish that game was backwards compatible. <laughs> I digress. But uh but yeah, and uh right from the get-go I mean you could set up matches, you could tweak a lot of the settings. It wasn't quite as tweakable as Halo 2 where we could make SWAT and stuff, but you you could play whatever style multiplayer, you know, match you wanted. And of course, long live LAN parties. Yes. Oh, those <laughs> yes. were good days. <laughs> those those were the good old days. <laughs> my early Navy days. Uh, I did much much landing and uh yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was a great time. And so to see that we don't have those features available to choose the kind of modes you want, especially given the fact that they've got these uh, these challenges you have to do, right? The challenges, it, it, your challenge might be get three oddball kills. Mm. You may not see an oddball match though for six matches because you can't pick it. Right, right, or vice versa. If you're trying to do something else, um, and so it could be make- like,
2: or, sorry to just jump in here. No, no, oh, you're or, or even in. like jump vote in. on the
1: map. Because uh, remember, you could you could vote
2: on the map if you all if you had a party of people or like maybe twelve people, uh, you can all and it says the you know you can you go A, B, or C basically to different maps. You could all vote on where what map you wanted to go to. I remember and, that. That's and true. Like if if there was a certain map, they're like everybody thought I don't want to go there. Like that's a terrible map. You can vote against it, and then of course the majority would win. Of where that was a great idea. It was a good
0: idea. I I love that too. It it just it had like a very like present. I don't know desire from whoever it was you were partied up with on that server to be able to choose that. That, Why why did they do? Oh my gosh! I I totally
2: forgot about that. It could be because they don't have a whole lot of maps. (laughs) I mean, so it's like, well, you want
0: a or I mean even if there was two
2: choices you could do it but I mean that's probably
0: why is but they're what, just trying to randomize What about though the game types though because if you yeah. you know if you recall like if you were playing a quick play or a big team battle like what uh, Nick was talking about you have I think somewhere in the vicinity of like five different game modes so at the very least they could have easily had some kind of voting structure. I love that voting structure. I'm so yeah. glad you brought that up. I totally yeah, same here. Forgot, I kind about, of forgot that.
1: about that. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, <laughs> and that would solve <laughs> well, the issue guys. for choosing the kind of match you want right off the bat without necessarily having to have the full feature of custom playlists or yeah. individualized playlists. Uh, yeah, that's that's a really good point, Steve.
0: Well, and the other thing too is is that. You know, the, And Nick touched upon this already, which is it's a little odd to all of us, I think, that we don't have really the ability to readily just choose, hey, I only want to play Capture the Flag, or hey, I only want to choose uh, and play uh, Oddball, for instance. So my hope is is that they will include some kind of support for that. Um, but I did want to backtrack just a little bit because Nick, Nick touched on a number of, of uh, really good points. One of which is the weapons themselves. So Nick and I had this conversation recently about how you know, traditionally speaking in a Halo game, you have both the campaign and the multiplayer released at the same time. And odds are a lot of folks will play the campaign first because we're curious about the narrative. We wanna know what's going on with Master Chief, but also it's a way to be able to get introduced to any kind of new abilities or weapons or vehicles for that matter. Not the game yeah. we have. And I think that, that having the multiplayer released first kind of put us at a bit of a disconnect because like, I know I can speak for myself. Like I would come across a particular weapon that was brand new. I was excited to see the weapon. I wanted to test it out, but because I didn't have any practical application prior to playing it in multiplayer, I felt kind of <laughs> kind of like, like a foolish newbie, like, how does this work? And so then I get killed <laughs> yeah. and I really wouldn't be able to to really enjoy that weapon versus like in the past, like you would play through the entire campaign and you would have, you know, a relatively good amount of experience with each one of the weapons. So then by the time you decide to jump into multiplayer, you were proficient to
1: a certain extent. Would you agree to that, Nick? Oh, yeah. You're like Chow Yun-Fat in a John Woo film throwback. <laughs> there we go. You know, just guns blazing. <laughs> Just going crazy because you know how everything works. Instead, you're more like the, the the South Park character, the Running with Scissors pig, and you're hoping you don't fall on the dang thing and kill yourself. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's a bit of a like I said, there's a bit of a learning curve because of the way that they rolled it out. And uh, yeah, I think that you're right. Most of us, at least most people I know, anyway, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but most of us do start in the campaign. We play that first. Yeah. You you work out the bugs, you figure out all the cool tricks and how everything works, and yeah, then you go in and you're like I said, you're chowing on fat. Because bang, bang.
0: I can I can say for myself, like, since I've been playing in the campaign now, I, I probably have, I don't know, some like 15, 20 hours invested so far into the, the campaign. My goodness, like I have such a better understanding of some of the weapons. And that's not saying all the weapons. There are Mm-mm. still several weapons I either have barely tried or really don't have any kind of understanding as to how to, like, correctly leverage them. But having said that, for instance, like, you know, the Hydra, for instance, is a um, I you know, I thought about it because Nick was actually telling me about this. But um, the Hydra has two different modes that you could switch Love between, one of which has the the homing target on there. What's mm-hmm. interesting about that is that, I think it was in Halo 4, I want to say, didn't the rocket launcher used to have some kind of targeting system? It started where it started like, in Halo 2. Was it Halo, Halo 2? 2. Yeah.
1: Halo 2, the spanker did target. And then uh, later on, they took that feature away.
0: Right. Yeah. So, so having said that, it's like they literally wanted to bring that feature back, which I'm so glad they did. I think it's actually really cool that they have applied it to a new weapon. You have that kind of a, uh, you know, switch feature, which Nick offhand, do you know what the non tracking mode does? is?
1: Is, yeah, is well, yeah. there any kind of like advantage to it or? It, it seems that not, I haven't like timed it, but it seems like the projectile flies a little faster and, um, It goes straight, so it fires like a, you know, traditional gun, but it's like a a rocket-propelled grenade, essentially, at that point. It doesn't seem to be any damage buffs or anything like that, but you can just quickly pop off. So what I've done playing with it is that I'll use that mode in tighter corridors where I'm more likely to be closer to something where I don't have the time to let it, uh, you know, acquire a target because that takes a little bit. So sometimes you just need to blast, and uh, you can kind of use it in that mid-range without hurting yourself and kind of just fire it like a traditional gun. I love that. Thanks so much. It's have my you tried that, Steve?
0: Have you tried the Hydra? I have not. Oh boy! You're um,
2: oh no, no, no! I'll say. So I haven't locked onto a target. I mean, I'm. I think I'm actually a bit behind you guys. Um. <clears throat> So uh so yeah I've just blown stuff up
1: you know <laughs> just, <whatever. laughs> just, just just boom
2: <laughs> you know. Boom there go the enemies <laughs> gone <laughs> Inks, How many baby. hours do
0: you would you say you have in campaign so far uh, one No I'm just kidding What uh, <laughs> I was like Oh my oh. gosh um I probably like, haven't been to the start screen
2: I probably have about <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I
0: customized my character <laughs> um. <laughs> I think I have about three or four hours. Three or four. So you're like, you're like newborn still. You're a little
2: tiny baby. Like, we, <laughs> I like basically just landed outside. Let's put it that way. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Wow. Huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Boys. So, okay. So there are, uh, there are a number of different uh, weapons and whatnot, which you have not been introduced to, at least through campaign. You probably have stumbled upon them. In multiplayer like like have you actually do you know which weapon we're talking about with the hydra
2: i, I rocket launcher he's like it's a gun it's a it gun that shoots snakes with rocket packs that go <laughs> that flying towards the enemy and bite them
0: <laughs> no. i want this now no i want this now it's the medusa skin okay okay <laughs> Anyway, you're in for a treat when you actually get to try out that particular weapon. There, ah, and nice. there are other weapons as, as well. Um, <clears> but I, I don't want to get too down that rabbit for hole. Because sure. we have like an absolute metric ton to talk about yeah, with this game. Right, so right. so before, like before we actually go really into the campaign side of things, sticking with multiplayer, what do you guys think of the maps? Let's start with you, Steve. Oh, well, the maps
2: are, to, in my opinion, mm-hmm. a little bit plain. There, there's. Uh, I mean, when you when I remember playing Halo One, Two, and Three, and Reach, and um, Odst, mm-hmm. the maps seem to be a little bit more uh, lively, colorful, interesting, kind of random in a way. Um, and these kind of just seem to be a bit stamped out. Um, you, you know, you're kind of just wandering around from you know the, the kind of basic terrains. You have some inside corridors. Um, and that's kind of sort of it, you know? Uh, there's not nothing much to, to really... Now, I'll pause there and say, you know, have there been more variety, the maps might be a bit more interesting. But the maps that we have with the limited, like, play types, mm-hmm. it's just a bit plain Jane, kind of boring, I would say.
0: Nick, what is your assessment of the multiplayer maps thus far?
1: I would say when it comes to, like, a color palette kind of thing, uh, I tend to agree with Steve that... Um,
0: they don't, over quite, here. they don't pop. They
1: don't. Yeah, they don't pop. <laughs> they don't pop quite the way some of the other ones. Like there, there's the one of the maps that we played a bunch with big team battle. I can't recall what it's actually named, but it reminded me of Blood Gulch. and I mentioned that while we played. Right. But Blood Gulch is a cool very. Reason. I mean, that's that's like the quintessential Halo map that's been remade in a number of games. <clears throat> and you know, you got the great big green valley, the big sure. red cliffs, and and you know, corridors and things. And there's a lot of variety to the color palette, whereas the the one. Um, even though it had the two bases at the side that you start on with the launchers and everything, um, it's a very muted palette. It's it's you know forest greens, slate gray for the stone cliffs, and you know you know some dirt tones, and that's pretty much it. A couple little areas where you go into corridors, and there's kind of more of that halo esque forerunner interior briefly. Now, that being said, though, I love the map design. Actually, the thing I liked a lot about it is that there was a lot more obstacles. So I feel like there is a lot more opportunity, even on a large map, to have that kind of intermediate play. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes in some of the maps that they've had, and Blood Gulch is another good example, that if you get caught out in the middle, good luck, because you got... You know, you got vehicles running around that can take <laughs> you out. You got snipers that can see you clear dang across the map. That'll be for for, uh, for that particular map. You had to uh, you had to actually move forward and find a perch, and you couldn't just sit back in your base and snipe to the other base. And I think that's that makes for a really good design because it allows a variety of players to play the w- way and style that they like. Um, the other map that stands out to me were the two interior maps, which were uh-huh. really good for like oddball. Um, the the few that I got to play uh, matches of uh, in those particular maps were. We're great. The corridors are small. It's cramped. It's tight. You can immediately see somebody. People can't get too far away um, before you can pick them back up again on your radar. And so it makes for that good frenetic pace that you like to have. Uh, So yeah, I like the design, but aesthetically they haven't jumped out. I will say with one exception, that's going back to the one that reminded me, Blood Gulch. I found a door and I remember I I was yelling because I was like, oh my gosh, I just opened this door. Because you have these little AIs that you carry Uh around with you now. They're like, Knock off Cortanas that aren't nearly as good. Right. They kind of make quips while you play. And I used that, I found this thing and it let me put my AI on it. And it took a while. I had a little timer, you know, it's going right. The first time I tried to do it, I got killed. <laughs> Second time I got the thing open, I go inside, there's like a rocket launcher, that Hydra gun was in there, like it was loaded with stuff. And so it rewarded me for staying there, taking the time to open the door, right, and then go in and get all the goodies. And then I went on a small old man rampage, which means I killed about Two people before I died, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> that happened, but, uh, but it was, that was cool. Cause that's not something I've seen really in the other games. So kind of having little hidden areas that, you know, if you're willing to take the time, and poke around, you can find something cool. I yeah. thought that was a nice little touch too, though.
0: Yeah, no, I think that that actually um, is, is well worth mentioning because I was first of all I was present when Nick uh, did that little like oh. hacking thing, which I was like, wait, hey, what?" <laughs> it's so funny when you're like in your Master Chief uh, or Spartan armor and you walk over you're like, "Hey, what, 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 what's going on? You got a sandwich or what?" <laughs> you see <him laughs> people are thing. dying all around you. You're like, what's that? <laughs> "This is pretty good." <laughs> like, "Hey, hey, guys, stop shooting! Come over here, check this out." Yeah, yeah. really. Anyway. Um, yeah, like, I, I agree with a lot of what both of you have said in terms of, um. so, so the smaller maps seem to have a bit more of, like, a, a visual aesthetic that I think has, I don't know, like, more, just more visual interest going on. If I think of, like, the big team battle maps, it's not that they're not good-looking. They are very good-looking. Um, and to Nick's point, there are just a lot of attention to the various ways that you can have nooks and crannies. So you can have more of that close encounter combat. You can also have mid range combat and to a certain degree, you can have even long range combat. Um, One of the things that comes to mind for me is when I think of Halo, I think about how we've had Halo for 20 years now and they have a Huge catalog of of previously created maps from all the different games. True, like I, w- I for yes, one would have loved to <clears throat> see three four three. And this is not like a lost cause. They can totally do this, you know, <laughs> in the near future if they wanted to. But literally, take all of the most popular maps from all the previous Halo multiplayer wow. games and be able to bring that into Halo Infinite with a nice facelift. And that would just really, I think. It excite the fans, it would instantaneously expand the variety of different multiplayer maps. I mean, yeah. I, mean I got hang 'em high. Like who doesn't want to play a yes. next gen version of Hang Em High? There you right? go. So yeah. That that I think is um Especially with grappling hooks. Especially with grappling hooks. Have you had much experience with the yes, grappling hooks?
2: Yes, as a matter of fact. Um, but I remember you saying in um in the multiplayer where mm. you went, Oh, this grappling hook is great. Yeah. And I was like, awesome. What button is it? Cause I can't get it to work. You know? And I'm like, everyone's using grappling hooks, but me, you know, and I was wandering around just trying to like, jump on that rock. Okay. Jump on that rock. How can I get up there? You know? So I, I, yes, now I know, but before I didn't have a clue.
0: And, and this is, this is a great example of what we just discussed earlier about how when you, when you get thrown into multiplayer first, as opposed to campaign, obviously we have no idea how to utilize the grappling hook. We don't even know what button it is, yeah. right? And they have, like, a number of different abilities, which actually makes the the, the combat experience of Halo feel more evolved. Oh, when it oh no! comes to, like, those different types <laughs> of abilities you can assign. And, you know, if you want to drop a shield or if you want to dash or if you want to use your grapple hook, whatever it is, like, like they've really done a mindful job of coming up with these thoughtful ways of, of giving you a bit more to work with but i think in terms of what you're talking about like mm. like nick and i were discussing the other day about the grapple hook in terms of how we w- at first would be using it just to like climb like what you're talking about so like not only does does Halo infinite have the grapple hook ability but it also has clamber which if you notice if you like jump up and you don't quite make it Master Chief will just take his hand and he'll just lift himself up over the ledge. It's called clamber. So mm. what's really nice about that is, is that with the grapple hook, it suddenly makes you way more mobile than you once were in previous Halo games. But also, too, as I was going through campaign, um, I suddenly realized, hey, this isn't just for swinging around like Spider-Man. I was going to say, Master Chief has become Spider-Man. <laughs> th- or, or better yet. <laughs> Batman. (laughs) Batman. But see, the thing is, though, is that, um, like, for instance, uh, I was telling Nick about this one particular uh, firefight that I had in campaign where I was pinned down by a bunch of elites and grunts and brutes and whatnot. Sure, all the the baddies. Typical trifecta of uh, the baddies in Halo. But... Um, in terms of what was going on. So I was behind like some sort of canister or whatever, and I couldn't move. My, my shields were gone. And I look over and I see a plasma grenade on the ground. I'm thinking, oh, if I could only get that, then I'd be able to wiggle out of the situation. Yeah. I suddenly decide maybe I should try the grapple hook. Yep. It works. Like yep. you can aim your grapple hook at the plasma grenade and it will retrieve it for you. The same thing with any kind of weapon that's laying around. That is freaking awesome. What say you, Nick?
1: Absolutely. Like, it completely changes the way that you, like, intercom. I had a similar situation where I actually uh, was fighting a, a particularly nasty elite, as you get a little bit further in the campaign. I won't spoil too much. And um, I ran out of uh, I ran out of ammo, both guns. And I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. And I'm literally, like, running around in a circle. like Aah! And, like, I come around the corner, and I see one of the little, like, you know, ammo weapon stands that they have in the game. And I'm just like, oh! Shoot off my grappling hook and snatch a gun off the thing and turn around like Rambo it And turns and start out to be a this guy pistol. up like, yeah, I like, hey, hey I would have taken anything. I'd have taken that rock I was talking about earlier. Yeah, right. anything at all. But uh, yeah, yes. it, was, it was awesome because like it just completely changes the way you engage in a firefight and um, like I, it was just an awesome moment, honestly. Just an incredible yeah. moment. And you can do the same thing in multiplayer too. You can snatch a, a weapon from behind cover. It works exactly the same way. Snag a grenade. Pick up. They've got these like little coils or like barrels. You can pull those to you and then throw them. Like yeah. a grenade. Uh, well, yeah.
0: and don't forget too about Great. how um, the grapple hook can also be used to hijack vehicles, which I have successfully pulled off in multiplayer. It's, it's very accessible. Mm. It's very easy to do. But, you know, mostly it's its just gratifying. Like you right. do it and you're like, man, I feel awesome.
2: Yeah, Yeah. well, did you have to, so let me ask you this because I have yet to do it. Um, there was a time when we were playing the multiplayer and you're like, oh, can we hijack vehicles? And then like, you know, right like two seconds after that, either you did or Nick did. So did you have to like hold down the B button to hijack the vehicle or did you have to grapple it in order to hijack
0: it? So there are two different ways. You can use the grapple hook, which all you have to do is aim it at the, the driver's side yeah. um, kind of door area. And sure. then and then it, it just handles it for you. It's It's automated, it's great. The other way is you hold down the X button. Uh, so just, you get, okay, just like you, just yeah, like how right. you've always done, yeah, yeah. So let's segue from that. Uh, I know we can talk a whole lot more about the the multiplayer. Um, yeah,
1: the microtransactions and all that stuff. Yeah, forget Not that great. stuff.
0: Well, and and you know what? Okay, so before we jump in, I'm glad yeah. you guys mentioned that. Um, thanks, Nick. Yeah, thanks, Nick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here to hell. Here to hell, Before we be actually jump
0: into so. the, uh, the campaign, let's talk about the, the battle pass portion itself, because mm-hmm. that more often than not is, is kind of focused a bit toward the, the multiplayer. So, This is kind of new territory for 343 Industries and for Halo fans in the sense that we really haven't had some sort of like robust battle pass. I know they were playing with, they were kind of flirting with it a bit when it came to Halo 5, uh, but this really has taken um, a noticeable push into more of like what we have seen from like Call of Duty, for example, or Fortnite, that sort of thing. Um, Nick, I want to kick it over to you because you have um, a lot of thoughts on this, this kind of structure. I know that like for, for you and I, we have both decided to, to spend like, I know for me, I bought like the $24 battle pass option thing. Um, But I, what I'd like to do is be able to hear from you um, just your thoughts on, on what they've done so far with battle pass.
1: Okay. Um, I I also ended up getting the $24 battle pass and uh, was initially not going to, but uh, they Mm. quickly came out and made a few changes that sort of softened my stance. Because initially my stance is like, this is ridiculous. There was so much locked in that store. Uh, The stuff that was in the battle pass was kind of cool, but then there was stuff that was in the store. The two don't overlap. So if you want one, you got to buy one. If you want the other, you got to buy the other. You You don't really get to get both. Just by getting the battle pass. So I'm kind of like looking at that. And then the grind initially with the XP was a, it was, it was miserable. It was awful. You just, it was a joke. Let's well, oh, be real. I mean, and I'm just like, dude, they're just, they were literally nickel and diming us to death on a mode that normally is included with our $60 purchase. Right. And so that was my initial impression. Well, 343 to their credit quickly came out. They're like, hey, we're going to boost the experience. We're going to give you like, you know, a 600% increase for this many matches, 300 for this, 100 for this. Um, And it made it so it feels better. You actually feel like you're gaining levels. If you play six to 10 matches a day, you feel like you're getting something accomplished. You play more than, hey, you know, more power to you. Uh, It has diminishing returns the longer you play. But um, the fact that they're like, okay, let's do something to make it so the people that have got a battle pass, they're actually unlocking things at a relatively decent clip. Um, They haven't said much about... Uh, making edits to the store as far as uh, the price of things, they're not super duper expensive, but they're, they're spendy. And from what I think I saw a Reddit post and they were saying that if you buy everything and paid for your battle pass and maxed everything out, it's something like over a thousand dollars. Oh, wow. So, (laughs) Think about uh, that for a minute, right? We, we normally pay, pay, you know, if you get the special edition, you know, not including like one of the statues like I got back there, but just like, the, you know, the, the premium edition with the DLCs in the past, you're getting the entire game, you're getting the full multiplayer suite, you're getting forge mode, you're getting theater modes, you're getting every map, all the Spartan armor's there for you to unlock, just play. And as you, you know, gain XP in matches, you unlock new parts of your Spartan armors, they're all there. Mm-hmm. Now we've split that in half and put so much of it behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. Um it, it, I ain't gonna lie, it didn't it didn't sit real good with me, yeah. even with the changes they were making. Um I will say that I've softened even more on that, and I'll talk about that when we get to talking Softy. about the campaign mode. But um it, it's an interesting choice. It's just an interesting choice, but it seems to be the 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 wave of the future is find a way to to make a live game as a service. Find a way to monetize it so you can make way more than you ever would just selling a game and selling DLCs and hope to God that a crap ton of whales come to fill your coffers with, with sweet, sweet moolah. <laughs> and uh, all too often that is what happens. And so, but uh, I will say this though, you can play this game and never spend a dime. And yeah, the multiplayer is clean-cut, awesome, fast, fun, and you can have a great time. And so for the person who doesn't have a lot of money but wants to play Halo, uh, maybe fallen on hard times, like you can just jump in and just have a blast. And if you don't care about customization, it ain't gonna hurt you (laughs) one bit. Now, I am a customization junkie. I guess it's my art background, but um, I have to have the things. So I'm probably gonna be broke. I don't. I wouldn't say I'm a whale <laughs> territory, but I won't be able to help myself. Something cool will come out and be like, "Oh, I gotta have that." Yeah, exactly. You know, like like the gal in the, in a Napoleon Dynamite with the ship in a bottle. Uh-huh. Oh, I want that. That's me. That's pretty <laughs> much me. So, but yeah, it is an interesting choice. But my, and of course, you and I talked about this, and like I said, when we get the campaign, I'll elaborate more. My concern was now that you're taking half of what I normally pay for away, right? What is offered to me in return for the same amount of money? And, and the thing is, you can't think of the game as free just because you have Game Pass. It's still not free. You're still paying yeah. for it. So whether you pay the 59 on top of that because you love the game and want to always have it, or you're just using Game Pass to play the campaign, you're paying for the title. And uh, so I was, I had some concerns. And, mm-hmm. and as we were going in the weeks were counting down to launch, that was kind of on my mind. And I'll leave it at that. You guys can elaborate, and I'll talk more about my thoughts when we get to the campaign. Sounds good to me,
0: <laughs> Steve. What were your thoughts on some of the? I, I don't even think you've uh bought anything through Battle Pass, yeah. I got the 24 cent uh pack. 24 cent pack, <laughs> uh, but just generally speaking, um, I have a pretty good idea of, of do uh, you, Russ? What you're about to say, but please, Steve, give us your thoughts. I think it's a bunch of balderdash, <laughs> Russ. I, I, so they have a lot of
2: cool stuff to get. I, I, I can see that, yeah, um. I am not an artsy fartsy guy. Um, I can nope. appreciate. Uh I can hey, he is a fartsy guy. I that that is <laughs> yeah, that is, yes, I am a fartsy guy. I can appreciate others, art Russ. I can appreciate yours, Nick's, thank you, three, four, threes. But you know what? When it comes down to it, uh, what really kind of made me feel like I bit the rotten end of an apple, is they go, oh, (laughs) hey, congratulations, you got all this experience, we're going to give this to you, and I go, oh, great, thanks, 343, and then I go, like, to see what I got, they go, actually, no, we're giving it to you if you pay us, so I'm like, well, then wouldn't it be a purchase, like, not something I've earned, well, no, you've earned it, except it's locked behind the paywall, so you have to pay for it, it's like, but then i ha- but i didn't earn it then so like what are you trying to tease me with <laughs> you
0: know I, think, I don't like that i think what their what their intent was is that they wanted to give like a, a kind of a glimpse or a teaser like a sneak peek <laughs> as to like okay here are the different things that are available so that way you can browse if you want to but then if you actually want some of the, the items then you'd either have to pay for them individually or buy a battle pass that sort of thing and Um, I think for me, the, this is kind of like acts as like a, kind of a a ribbon around what both of you gentlemen have been saying, Mm. but as halo players who once again, halo has been around for 20 years. And so they have, you know, first it was Bungie and then three, four, three, they have cultivated a fan base and have conditioned us to expect certain types of things to just be included with the game. And I think that that's at the crux of this whole entire situation is In the past, you would have the campaign with the multiplayer, with the co-op, which we haven't even gotten to yet, with all of these customization options that were packaged within a $65 game. And what we've seen now is they have effectively separated, they've siloed or segregated these different features that we have grown accustomed to enjoying just as one complete package and are now attempting to, well, not not with every part necessarily, but like it is, it's odd to me how they have decided to separate what normally just kind of organically fits together as a whole. And I think that's one of the big things too, about how, um, like if you're looking at the, the customization options, before I, I spent money on the Battle Pass, I couldn't even change the color of my Spartan in multiplayer. I like You could do that. I had you one color option. You
1: could change it for Russ. If I compare it like to eight, like... Eight eight colors you could choose. That was it.
0: See, uh, it was it was locked for me though. Like I didn't, I didn't see... I, I had like the b- color blue or something I could change to and that was it. Like everything else, I, I saw all the color options there, but they were all locked. But maybe I was oh, in weird. the wrong spot. I don't mm. know. But anyway, going to like some of the, the older uh, Halo games themselves, the, that was all readily available. Like you could go through and end through your, your gameplay performance. Sure. You would eventually through XP unlock various things. Go. Totally fair. Works out great. So it is interesting how they are going through this direction. And it does make me wonder what does the Halo fan collective community? Uh, think of it, and how are they going to respond to it? And I th- I do think it is wise that they don't have any kind of pay-to-win schemes uh, in place. I think that would just devastate their entire platform altogether. It's nice that, that they are keeping it as more of, like, the, the cosmetics and that sort of thing. Um, the thing is with the cosmetics, though, like, if you think of a game such
2: as, um, like, Anthem, right? Mm. You're always going to be looking at your character, and so you can admire how your character looks. You can admire how okay, I've chosen this armor setup, I've chosen this color scheme. I've you know, I've I've selected choose different things, and I'm looking at my character throughout the entire game and admiring it. Yeah. When you're playing Halo, you're just looking at your character through the visor, and the times that you're actually seeing your character beyond the customization part is just the beginning of the game when he's doing his little like animation, or at the end, and so like to me, you know, I mean Nick, you know that that's he that's worth it to him. Awesome. To me, it's not worth spending money on.
0: That's me. a really good point because yeah, like oh, know, it's a first George. person. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Steve, Perkins yeah. Steve Perkins. I'll be quiet again. until I think of something good, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a really good point because yeah. you know, on the one hand, you're wanting to customize your character because you want to identify and be, you know, basically have it be a unique spartan right? right but the only times you're going to be seeing your spartan is in the, the character customization screen or for like you know the 10 seconds that they have that little intro where everyone's kind of gearing up to battle other than that the only well, when time you're, you're going to see it i was going to say see my body a lot when yeah. i'm dead
1: <laughs> <laughs> i look great by Man, the way
0: such great. a handsome corpse so great the ragdoll physics <laughs> make me look amazing <laughs> in some of those positions when look i at die that piece <laughs> <Look at that. laughs> Oh, man, such nice colored glutes there, but I mean that—that is—that is a really good point. I, I think. Uh, oh, thanks, Russ. Well, I, I say that because for myself, like I think Nick is, is is the same way. You know, we're of course we're accustomed to being able to have these options readily available to us in previous Halo games, and then on top of that, we just like to be able to customize our character, and for nothing else, it's a fun thing to do. The only other thing I will add to what you said is oh, that no. even though we can't see ourselves when we're playing the game, the enemy can.
2: So you want to make that, you want to pay to make the enemy jealous as hey, he shoots
1: you. Look good, die good. All right, bro. Okay, all right. <laughs> <fine>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, you need to think of these unlocks in a different way. You're not spending money, Steve. You're just making little, you know, Benjamin Franklin shaped keys that unlock it. <laughs>
0: there you go. There you You're go. going out glamorously.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: So, moving from that and transitioning over to campaign, the first thing I want to address is the fact that, um, again, going back to the whole like, you know, separation, siloing of different features and whatnot, the co op of campaign is not available at Mm. launch. Apparently, the earliest that we're going to be seeing this is going to be May of 2022, which is, uh, you know, roughly five months from now. That is a surprise because once again, traditionally speaking, when it comes to halo, you have the co-op experience readily available so that you and three other buddies can go through the narrative together and have a blast doing so. I mean, that, that was one of the, the cornerstones of any given halo game in the past was it really like set it apart. In fact, for myself, I was uh, honestly thinking about how for the next gen Halo game, it would be awesome to go beyond four player co-op, maybe have eight player co-op yeah. or 16 player co-op. And have, like a co-op. ton more enemies, yeah. Oh, can you imagine like <clears throat> sounds ha- great. Yeah. seeing an entire battleground full of Spartans instead of doing big team battle where you're fighting each other, you'd have like basically like a huge platoon of Spartans going through the narrative. How awesome would that be? It's
1: freaking yeah, it's awesome, like firefight stuff. the game. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, there you go. So that's something that I think is a bit confusing. It's a a head scratcher for sure, because once again, and we really haven't talked about this much, 343 delayed their game by one whole year because of the fan response previously, which tells (laughs) all of us that they were ready to drop this game last year and not have these features ready to go, which makes, you know, it begs the question, does that mean that co-op would have taken like a year and a half before they would release it? in the game. So there are certain um, unanswered questions that hopefully 343 will be able to casually address. Uh, Because again, it, it is kind of odd that like, you know, if you think about the source code, obviously every game has certain types of updates and changes made to their source code. But by and large, like when you look at a lot of what Halo is, they're reusing quite a bit of that same source code. So it's not like they're having to completely reinvent the wheel. Though I will say. In terms of the open world, that is a heavy lift. There is a lot of of, um, new types of of action items that that the team has to go through. Having said that, though, campaign.
1: Nick, what has been your experience of the campaign so far? Well, Real quick on the co-op thing, too. I just want to throw us in, because I've just been thinking about it ever since I found out it wasn't going to be a thing. We're in the middle of COVID. We're, We're in the middle of being as segregated as a people at any time that probably anybody can recall. How nice would it have been to be able to get the three of us online and rock through Freaking this campaign, awesome. which is amazing. Yeah. Rock through it together. This open world, all three of us run in different directions, flanking from all over the place. Cause the, the it's expansive. This right. place is huge. Um, it's just, uh, I mean, I, I get that eventually we're going to be able to, but I, I just, I find myself thinking as disappointing as it is when a game does not release on the schedule that we all thought it was, how much more disappointing it is to me when a game releases even late and not finished. Mm -hmm. Um, Because yeah, you're right. 20 years, we've got these expectations. We got these expectations of what a Halo game is. And a lot of the things that make a Halo game Halo is couch co-op and it's not there. And, mm-hmm. and I just think in in light of the particular situation we find ourselves in as a is a world um, missed opportunity big time I don't I that's not a decision I would have made I would that would have prioritized the, yeah. the the co-op but enough on that campaign itself so going back to what I was saying with the multiplayer section with the separation of multiplayer as a free to play uh, from the campaign, my concern being, what am I paying my $60 for, my 65 bucks or whatever after tax? Uh, was that I was going to get probably this, you know, I don't know. If a typical campaign, I think usually it take me about 20 hours roughly to play through 2025. 20, if I'm really, now granted, I have to find everything. So I like to go find the skulls on my own and look for Easter eggs. So I tend to take a lot longer to complete levels. Um, so sometimes it can be even as, as much as 30 hours, but I'm going, okay, well, that's great. But normally I have this other suite that's there for me. Like we talked about with all the unlocks Then then I can go and do that once I've done all my exploring and campaign. Uh, now all I've got is a campaign for <clears throat> 60. It softened the blow because that place is freaking huge. It is massive. <laughs> you can go freaking everywhere. I, I mean, and I'm like Indiana Jones, man. I got I gotta find everything and I need to stick it in a museum. All right. I'm gonna find all the stuff. Oh yeah. So, so far, I've I've probably only played through like as far as like actual quote unquote missions. I think I've only been through three missions. I think so far, maybe four. I have managed to find several skulls on my own. I found some crazy Easter egg where I blew up a landing pad with an airstrike completely by accident. Had no idea what I was doing, just because I was exploring. And on top of that, I have to say that from a narrative standpoint, the narrative is interesting, but it also gives you a lot of room to breathe where you don't necessarily feel like, well, I just did this one part of the main story mission. I need to go do the next part because as you're going to that, things are popping up. Oh, Bravo team's over here. You need to go save them. And you go over there and there's a bunch of Marines being held captive and you let them loose. Now they're running with you. And it is, I'm going to spend so much time in the sandbox. I, I wouldn't be surprised if by the time I'm done playing and make it through the campaign, if I don't have somewhere between 60 and 100 hours. Yeah. And it may even be more. I don't know. It's like hard to say because I don't really have a real good grasp on just how long the overall uh, overall uh, main campaign is. But like, because I like to look at everything and I literally try to get everywhere. I've, I've actually found some places where you can get out of the map and it brings up the old halo. You're outside the map bounds, get back in. But there's <laughs> not many places like that. Truman are, Show? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I found the blue, the blue wall. Um, yeah. But there aren't many places like that. Most everything you can see, you can go there. Right. And like I mean, I'm a big Metroid fan. I love Castlevania. I love games that re, you know that it, they incentivize you to be curious right. and explore. And they have nailed that while still having amazing amazing Halo combat. They've they've recaptured. I was I got to say the last two games wasn't feeling really hot on these first two titles that 343 put out. They have captured their magic in this one thus far. And I'm not yeah. even done with it. I'm probably not even halfway done. And I'm already just like completely hooked in. I've been waiting for a, a next-gen experience. Hadn't had a chance to play the new Forza hear. That's pretty awesome. But what? so this is the first thing that I've played that really has just captured me. And I'm like, this is a next-gen yeah. game. Hands down. Um, just phenomenal. Really enjoy the open sandbox. I think it, it's such a refreshing way to play this game. And I mean, Halo was always kind of open anyway, yeah. but this is a whole, I mean, it's like they took that and cranked it up to a hundred. It's very true.
0: You know, um, when I started playing through the campaign of this was one of the things that came to mind was how I was very disappointed with Halo 5's mm-hmm. campaign and its narrative and how I, I remember you were sitting on the couch next to me. And at one point I turned to you and I said, this doesn't feel like Halo. Right. And, what I was talking about was the actual like gameplay mechanics. Like for some reason they had changed all these different things. And that combined even with the story itself, the story just was a, a flawed approach when it comes to the world of Halo. And it wasn't until the very end of Halo five that suddenly remember you, you were with me even when I beat yeah. the game, how like I, I suddenly go, Oh, okay, now this part is starting to feel more like the Halo I know. Why are they only doing that for the last third of the game? This is bizarre. So it's interesting because with Halo 4, I personally was a fan of Halo 4. I really liked the creative risks that they took with introducing the Forerunners as a new type of enemy class because we have been through the Covenant time and and again and have really run its course. And I think that's one of the things that I find for myself with this game. That was one of the things I was kind of just, kind of wincing a little bit on was that once again, we've had, I think, at least seven Halo games, all of which have the Covenant in with, you know, Halo 4 really kind of, making an earnest attempt to like, you know, spend more time with the forerunners. So when I saw that the covenant once again was in halo infinite. And once again, we're at a halo ring. It's weird how three, four, three is in this, this position where they, it's almost like they are apprehensive about wanting to step outside of what's already been proven, like what the safe space is and do something new Um, and at the same time, they do want to do that. And so it's, you know, when I see that we're back at the halo ring and to Nick's point, you know, you have these really beautiful graphics. I mean, it it is next gen. The more I've played, like I said, I've put in probably between 15 to 20 hours of, um, campaign gameplay. So I've seen a nice chunk of, um, the, 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 new halo ring. It is a very beautiful map, uh, well fleshed out. Um, But again, it calls back to like Halo 1 and Halo 3, really. Like what if I think about like, you know, what were the gameplay experiences like? Where did you go? That sort of thing. I mean, this really does feel like the original Halo ring on steroids because it's simply larger. There's more there, obviously. Having said all that, though... The game itself, like like what Nick was talking about, the gameplay is totally back to its Halo roots, which I'm so relieved and thrilled about because I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to rekindle that, and they really honestly have. And this speaks to some of the successes that 343 has had, especially when it comes to the new weapons, because... Obviously, as a Halo player, we all want to be able to experience new weapons added to the the, the catalog, right? The roster. Oh, yeah. And every game, or not every game, every weapon, <laughs> every game that I've weaponed, every, uh, <laughs> every, every weapon that I've tried out, uh, has in fact been a joy to play with. Like, like it has its own type of mechanics. It has its own pacing. It has its own way to for you to strategize. And when you combine that with the sheer open world approach to the the environment itself, you suddenly like to Nick's point also. You do in fact have a sandbox type of experience where every type of encounter you come up on, you can decide what you want to do. And that really was kind of, if you think of Halo 1, for instance, that was the seed, wasn't it? Like when you were going around the Halo ring, it was its own sandbox that you could, if you wanted to approach it with a vehicle, which vehicle do you want to approach it with? <laughs> Go through the corridors
2: with the uh, with the warthog. <laughs> you totally oh, could, yeah. like,
0: like, like, and I think that was the thing was that it, it, the game itself, the original Halo, really encouraged players to be able to tinker with it. So you, I mean, that's why you had the community like doing all kinds of crazy stuff, like trying to get scorpion tanks, and you know previously thought impossible places or, you know, you stack up a bunch of master chiefs and like put a bunch of grenades at the base and blow it up and see how, how high they all fly and that sort of thing. So it very much was a sandbox in its own right, but looking at what they have done here, um, I have noticed that the longer I'm playing the campaign, the less I care that the covenant are there. Um, there is something that I will not say now that does actually address that particular concern so i'll just leave it at that um but on top of that when i'm combating the brutes or whatever you know it's very obvious that, that um the formula of how they respond what their personas are how you engage them how they engage you sure. is very satisfying
1: oh and they're scary again the, well you know they're in the elites you're scary man they will wreck you
0: <laughs> <laughs> they will they, they will definitely wreck you what what i do find um uh, not this, I mean, maybe I'll say disappointing is from a, a visual aesthetic standpoint, you know, there has been a lot of pains made to the world to make it look more real. I mean, man, as you go along, like, there are like sunsets that happen. Like, to give you an idea, like, where you are, there is this, uh, you, you'll see the infinity ship that's crash landed along the, the mountainside. Along the mountain. <laughs> along the mountain.
2: <laughs> smoke, ruin. Yes.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and Nick brought up a good point about this because when I first was there, I just figured, oh, that's that's just part of the, the window dressing, right? It's part of the, the background prop uh, decoration, if you will. But then Nick brought up the point, no, you can actually get on that. You can actually go over to the mountain, make your way up, which I ended up doing. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like that becomes tangible. Like I can actually right. reach that particular oh, I part see what of you the did. world. So it, it takes definitely like what people were excited about with regards to Zelda breath of the wild in terms of like, Hey, if I see something in the distance, I can get there. They have incorporated that into halo infinite, which is awesome. And then on top of that, being able to, like, like I said, see, um, like a sunset or sunrise or whatever, even at nighttime, you see little like green fireflies floating around and whatnot. They've really created the, this immersive atmosphere, which I applaud them for. And one, one additional comment about the, the down ship. And um, I haven't told uh, Nick about this yet, but so I was talking to Nick as I was like kind of scampering around, like the hole like <laughs> the husk of this huge infinity crash ship. Later on, several hours later, I I somehow like as I was I was just having fun exploring the open world, I found myself toward the tail end. I saw I literally found the the trench that the ship had made as it was crashing down onto like the the mountainside itself. The detail in that path that the ship made in the ground is so detailed and insane. Like I didn't even know it was the ship at first. I'm thinking, Oh, what is this? And I'm like running down, and like you could see, like there are brutes and grunts and stuff that that are like like picking apart the wreckage and that sort of thing. And you're like, what the heck? And I like I would I would pass by some huge afterburner by itself, and I'm like, what is this over here? And there being another like component that was like just 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 wrangled and twisted and everything. And I I come across like the back of the ship, I'm like what the heck is this? I suddenly realize, oh my gosh, this is the back part of the Infinity. And so I open up my map, and sure enough that's what it is. And so the reason I'm 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 describing all this is that it's a testament to some of the quality of the sandbox that 343 has done really well in the campaign itself which I think Nick is also a big fan of where you can literally just have fun exploring the world and it doesn't penalize you for doing that. In fact, I would go so far as to say it encourages you to want to like go around at your own pace and very organically discover certain things like that. Because in that instance, I did very little fighting, but then all of a sudden my mind started thinking about like what it was like when that ship crashed and like, filling in like my own personal canon that complemented the narrative that was already in play. And I just, I I don't know. I think that is, that's a very special thing. That's a very unique game experience. Um, that I, I don't know. I, I found myself all of a sudden having that aha moment as I was playing the game where it's like, okay, now I understand what it is that they're doing with the campaign. I really dig this method to the madness um, and as a result, you know, just, just seeing what they're doing um, with like the Covenant and that sort of thing, um, you know, I, I, can, I can let that pass for yet another game, <laughs> having them in there. One um, final thought, I realize I totally digressed off of what I was going to say, which is the visual aesthetic of the Covenant and the Brutes, I feel need a do-over. Because you have everything else that has really got a nice facelift. For some reason, those characters just look like toys. They don't have a realistic kind of look to them. Uh, they, they have, like like the Brutes have some goofy armor. Uh, the, the Elites' colors are super bright and that sort of thing. I just wish that they would have made more of... Um, an attempt to mimic what they've done with the pre-rendered Halo cinematics. Like if you think of like, you know, some of like Halo 4's cinematics or Halo 5's pre-rendered cinematics, or even if you play Halo Wars and you look at those pre-rendered cinematics, those are gorgeous, hyper-real looking cinematics that make the elites or the brutes look very, you know, realistic. Well, yeah, they, they look intimidating, but also too, like in terms of, um how there was like a very conscious decision to like make them as realistic as possible within the cinematics. Don't stop at the cinematics, apply that into the game itself because you have the means to do so. But anyway, I'll shut up and let Steve offer his thoughts on the campaign.
2: Hi. Um, hi. So, uh, being not as far as you guys are. So, um, I mean, I, I'm very pleased to be in a, in a very safe Halo world again. I think 343 knows that the uh, the community, the fan base, is divided on four, and they're divided on five, and so they they thought, well, I, we're going to play this one, you know, pretty close to the chest here, and uh, we're not going to take as many risks. Uh, we're going to go with safe, uh, just to you know, bring everybody together, and I think that's what they did. Because, I mean, now that I'm Outside of a building <laughs> in the game, um, it feels very like Halo One. It feels like I've been here before. Um, but would I choose? Hey, I've been here before, and it looks better. Or would I would I choose like What are we doing here? You know, I'd rather I, if those are my options, I'd rather choose safe familiarity. Familiarity, yeah. yeah. Um, that being said, uh, I, I do I so far at least in the beginning, this seems to be the first Halo um, where it doesn't really start off very exciting like it's a very boring slow entry into the excitement um and i i can think back to like halo 3 i if you asked me how the whole thing started i could storyboard it and you know cookie cutter you know, stick figure characters um how the whole thing played out with cortana talking to you about what's going on and that the, the you, what you see in the distance is a comment and then as this as as she concludes what she's saying that comment gets closer and the chorus builds and the, and then you're in this for it. I mean, I get chills just thinking about it, um, and it's so exciting. Um, and th- that this, it's just not there, really. Mm-hmm. And now I can't say again. You know, I'm I'm in the beginning of the game. There's a lot left to go, so I'm sure it's going to build up into something. Um, it just kind of started off a bit slow. Sure. Um, I, I will say. Uh, I, you know, being that I'm I'm playing on the uh, you know, the base system, what I would would like to see is a bit
0: more. Well, the base um, system being the 2013 Xbox One, not even the Xbox One X, tried and true. Uh, anyway, <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if you
2: had a lot more like you know forestry? And I'm thinking um, like Red Dead uh, R- RDR2. RDR. Mm-hmm. So, not necessarily that I need that specifically in here, but there's a lot of just open territory where it's just grass a tree here and there but i thought man well, how much more like halo three where you're walking through the forest and you got bushes and you got trees you have big rocks that 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 uh, the covenant can hide behind i mean the ring is going to have a lot more than just you know barren grasslands with you know a hill here and there um and i and that's when i would like to to feel um i guess halo become more lifelike mm-hmm. in a way um and I don't want to take up too much time because I know we're kind of getting low, but um, the Brutes, I, I, I feel you there because they seem like they're um, a bit cookie cutter mm-hmm. where and, and a bit cliche where, okay, yeah, they're, they're big and they're strong and they're hairy and so all of them have to have a voice like this. <laughs> we are the Banished. You know, I'm like, oh, you imagine come you
0: on. Come across one and it's like,
2: we are the Banished. You're yeah, like, but that would have been funny. I don't know. <laughs> anyway um I, and i again i think back to like halo 2 where you had some of like the elder elites you know and they had completely they looked different and they had um some variety like in the species and the scripting was a lot
0: better too i mean the scripting kind of seems you're you're gonna find amateur yeah the script and the, the dialogue in this does get uh, it builds upon itself. So you, as you get into the narrative, um, I think you're going to be happy. Okay, there's a lot of stuff. Well, that, that's reassuring. Yeah, um, what harder. I can't,
2: what I can say is, um, man, it's good just to be one one seven only. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, his drive just to just to get the mission done and he's not looking for rewards he's not looking for a, you know someone to give him you know kudos here this is who he is and that drive for 117 is unlike any other game right period uh and so it's nice to be back um in in, in those shoes again i would say
0: well and nick um uh i want to get your thoughts on this but when it comes to how this narrative has... It has an interesting job where it needs to address what went on in, in Halo 4 with regards to Cortana and her rampancy, right? And yes. then it has to tie up kind of the loose ends that Halo 5 was attempting to um, introduce as kind of like the the moving forward canon, which failed. So they they need to kind of like, ah, well, let's tidy that up. And then at the same time, the third part is being able to introduce a brand new approach to the narrative itself. So it's like this kind of like three in one juggling act that they're having to do. And even though you obviously haven't beaten the game yet, um, how do you feel like, like they're doing um, well, I guess it's kind of a two part question. First of all, have you been um, exposed to a chunk of the narrative or have you just been exploring the world? And, and number two, if you have been exposed to, to, say, a chunk of the narrative. What are your thoughts on how they've, they've managed those three things?
1: Okay. I've been exposed to uh, a fair bit. Like I said, I think I'm three, four missions in. Um, and it is an interesting juggling act. I, I think the thing that's interesting, kind of going back to what Steve was saying, with it kind of like the beginning doesn't grab you the way that uh, Halo 3 does, for instance, is we're seeing Master Chief in a completely different state than he's ever been in. He starts off being beaten. Yeah, um, and left for dead. Um, he's lost his his best friend, which you could also argue was his conscience. His conscience, pardon me, I can talk. Uh, his <laughs> conscience and his soul in Cortana, um, and was f- basically going on a mission to eradicate her. That's that's kind of like what they were doing uh, before this, and it's it's a very interesting narrative. Cause, yeah, because you are tying back to four, and there is I haven't gotten a lot to uh, of of narrative yet. That's really shown me what they're going to try and do with what happened with five other than what you're, you know, that the weapon was made to kind of handle that. Right. From what people
2: remember of five, here's where we're going. (laughs)
1: yeah yeah I mean that that is kind of that is kind of it and and I mean everybody recognizes that five probably is not the strongest in the series for sure but um but yeah we're seeing a different side and that's actually been the thing I've enjoyed the most is that we're seeing an extremely stoic side of of Master Chief he's always been stoic he's always been a man of few words but he's he's a haunted man I don't really know I don't know are you getting that impression he's a haunted man and yeah I am too yeah. Yeah, and they're doing a really good job. I mean, he, he's got this new AI that looks like Cortana, kind of sounds like Cortana, and he's got this wall up. He's got this wall up where he's just like, "I'm not gonna have this relationship with you. The dialogue's gonna be mission only. I'm only gonna tell you what you need to know." And, and you're seeing this man that's that's experienced loss, lots of it,
0: yeah. and
1: you know, the, and he just keeps fighting. Like he just keeps fighting through it, but he's he's experiencing loss, you know, I'd say it's akin to almost like a PTSD kind of. And and it's really interesting that that that's the way they're going with it. And I personally find that to be really fantastic for a narrative, really enjoying seeing this side and kind of seeing where it goes. Uh, I think that uh, getting back on a halo and finding out that without giving too much away, the Banished are there looking for something other than to blow up the galaxy. We'll just leave (laughs) it at that, right? So yeah, we're on a halo again but the end game is something different. I do think that they're doing a pretty decent job tying it together while also telling a new story that I think is a, a human story. And that's not something we've seen a lot with Master Chief. You you don't right. see his human side. He's just kind of the invincible badass that never fails. And we're seeing something very different. And I find that to be refreshing, really, really refreshing. I like it a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see what they do with this narrative as it reaches the end. I have heard rumblings about how the ending apparently is awesome. Um, I I have made it a very um, <laughs> meticulous mission to not spoil it for myself, but I have heard rumblings that apparently like what they're doing with the narrative, like went by the time you get to the end of, of this campaign, like apparently like it's, it's really, really awesome. So yeah. And, 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 in terms, I, I think I might be a little bit farther than you, Nick, in terms of the narrative. Um, it is interesting to see how the weapon, for instance, that's what they call the the AI that Master Chief comes into to contact with, and that's really not a spoiler. They've been showing that in the, the trailers and whatnot. Oh, yeah. But in terms of the relationship, it is fun to see this AI that is much more naive than previous AIs like Cortana, and how that is acts as a contrast to Master Chief to uh, Nick's point is almost like as if he's he's like this grizzled uh, war veteran that has P- like some some form of PTSD or something, but like he's just been beaten down because of really losing Cortana, and and that that is one of the the most like cherished. I would say uh parts of the overall Halo canon is is the relationship between of Master course. Chief and, and uh, Cortana. So he needs a vacation. He does he needs he, does, he definitely needs He needs a vacation. I need a um, whole day. So yeah, like like <laughs> I feel like
2: butter <laughs> scraped across too much bread.
0: 111 years old. You haven't aged a day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um I don't. I. I think we'll leave the narrative there for now because I don't want to spoil anything. I like Thanks, I said. Ross. I have seen certain things that does put mm. into context a reasonable excuse or reason why we are yet again with the Covenant. I will just book in this by saying that in future Halo games, I don't want to see any more Covenant. I don't want to. You know. I. I, I think there is an entire universe that is at um, Mr. John Spartan's fingertips, his gloved, armored fingertips. And so that means there are all kinds of awesome, wonderful stories to tell, brand new alien races and species to come across. Not only that, brand new alien planets to visit. How about them apples? Because again, it does kind of get a little old, once again, not to harp on the efforts that went into what we see in Halo Infinite with regards to the ring. It's a very beautiful place. Oh yeah, But you want to, you know, if you want to go from what could be a trip to yosemite into seeing a truly alien landscape where you get where you we see master chief go to an alien planet i think that would be a fresh injection into the series it definitely would be something that i know i want to see for myself i think it's it's safe to say of you, you guys would as well
1: yeah go fire up no man's sky give me some of those planets
0: yes right Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's let's pivot from that. I, one of the things I, w- I do want to talk about that is, um, I think, a very nice addition to what they've done to the, the Halo Infinite game is the FOBs or the Forward Operational Bases. I really like the thoughtfulness behind what they've done with this in the sense that because you have an open world, you now essentially have these places where if you so choose, you can fast travel to. But it's not just limited to that. You have Marines that are stationed at their posts at these fobs. And you have the ability, as you progress and you earn valor, you can slowly unlock different kinds of vehicles. So like, for instance, like, like basically this this acts as an incentive for you as a player to go off on your own and do all these side missions or stumble upon things that are happening because you earn valor as you go along that then unlocks various weapons and vehicles that you can call upon at your discretion at Mm. any given fob. So to give you an idea just last night, I unlocked the scorpion tank. Oh. Which means that I can go to any fob at any time in the world and Sweet. say, yes, I'll take a scorpion tank, please. And then the drop ship comes down and drops a scorpion tank. Let me tell you something, folks. That is very
1: rewarding. I've only Nothing. gotten the mo- to the, uh, to the uh, Warthog with the gun. That, that's That's where I'm at in the unlocks.
2: So, oh, spoiler! There's a warthog.
1: <laughs> spoiler, the warthog. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna go now. My bad.
0: <laughs> the thing is, is it, it, uh, I did look at that Nick because I was I was actually perusing. Um, like they they show once again. It, they they it's the same kind of model as like the battle pass thing, right? You have a glimpse as to like what you can unlock and the halo or the halo the halo that you has the rocket packs on the warthog. An
1: angel. <laughs> Beautiful angel.
0: The the warthog that has the the rocket launcher on it is essentially the last vehicle that you can unlock once you've obtained enough valor. And I'm the I I want to be able to to describe this because for one it's very exciting because we've never seen that in a Halo game before. Usually you would just happen upon like a scorpion tank in the entire campaign of a previous Halo, and you're like, oh, this is awesome. It's it's fantastic because. I love how it's it you know it takes the sandbox mentality and ratchets it up by another notch because suddenly now as if I didn't have enough incentive to want to go out and explore like to you know to what, what Nick likes to do like he he loves to not leave any stone unturned or any nook or cranny unexplored well now you get this really I don't know. Like, like, it's it's a logical reward. Like, I th- I just think it fits really well in the world of Halo. You have all these Marines that, that are stranded on this Halo ring. They're clearly going to have forward operation bases in addition to the one that they have as their established base. What say you, Nick?
1: Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's fantastic. I mean, like I said, for me, this is like it's digital cocaine. <laughs> it I'm is. Hooked. I'm totally hooked cuz it's like, okay, so you're telling me I've got a giant world to explore and I can go wherever I want pretty much whenever I want and I get rewarded for it both in that not to, we haven't even talked about this. You can find unique versions of weapons you know and love. I've heard about that. Yeah, honestly, even with <laughs> that cuz I think it's I've, a cool I've thing to things, to stumble upon. <laughs> yeah. It's a really neat thing. But yeah, you're rewarded for going out and just playing. And then you get back right. to these forward operating bases and it's like, oh, oh, wow, oh, I can get the battle rifle now. <laughs> and I can just, like, switch to it whenever I want. And I can fast travel back here and then head off to another mission. You know, you've got the Marines that are there. You're unlocking vehicles, yeah, that are just immediately available. So it's like, you know, initially you get what was it? The Mongoose. Yeah. And you, and you can zip around, which is great because it's super fast. So then it's like, okay, I need to get to the tower. Boing, off you go. Um, and a Marine hops on with you. And, and can I say one more thing about that? The commentary in this game is by far the best what the grunts (laughs) are saying all the time they gosh i've like flat out laughed from some of the crap the grunts have said they're
0: pretty vocal aren't they
1: oh my gosh and then your marines are talking and they'll talk trash back and forth to each other you heard that yeah yeah it's hilarious it it, it just it creates a really real world but i I digress yeah no the forward operating bases really offer it's like uh it's kind of like the camp in rdr right you go back to the camp, get your stuff, you get fed, shave, and then mm-hmm. you go back out, kick butt. <laughs> back dump. Yeah. You know, because anyway, yeah, in my ca- in, in my case, RDR is a little bit too real. There's a little bit too much action going on. there. But, you know, <laughs> to the, the road concubine apple. You find to settle down with. Uh, yeah, man's there's no concubines. Got his knee. You find a grunt with a wig, and uh, you have a hey, romantic rendezvous. Down no. for a
2: second, and. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, it does. It's it's really cool. It rewards you for, for exploring, for accomplishing side <laughs> missions and main missions. And uh, I'm just to pretend you two aren't there. As <laughs> I continue my point. You're doing but great, man. Yeah, no. yeah, keep going. Yeah, just ignore go it. It's fantastic. Now, I, I, I love it. Honestly. Like, I couldn't be more happy with the, the way that they've implemented how you are interacting with this new Halo. Yeah. And I think the forward operating bases provide a completely unique touch that yeah i mean it's 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 perfect i don't know how else to put it man it's just it's perfect you just low on supplies fast travel back get what you need go back out and continue the fight feels good makes sense
0: well and one of the things too about the fobs is um in addition so you have these these different i don't know what you call them they're like these basically these boxes that have um these Well, oh, that was a that was a bong and a half there. Way to go. Sort of figure eight. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to call it. It's just a... I thought we were doing a, the know, YMCA, so I started doing box, that. box. You know, a box <laughs> with like... Well, anyway, it has like a, a hologra- green holographic image of the weapon um, that's, you know, the assault rifle by default. It is worth noting that if you uh, want to be able to say, for instance, you, you have one fabricated for yourself, you can go, because they have four of them, mm. and just get like say for instance let's say you have a sniper rifle well the sniper rifle by default only gives you about six rounds so if you want to max out your ammo on the sniper rifle you can go to each one of those kiosks and make a sniper rifle and it'll just take the ammo from each one of those so now you have a sniper rifle with what like between 16 to 20 rounds so i mean it's it's really cool to be able to like have fun with the fobs you see john plow's wallet hey i need more of these. Can I get a box of rounds? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure, we'll give them to you for free.
2: Uh, do the right thing, soldier. I'll pay for them.
0: <laughs> Spartan credits. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The, another vehicle that I I don't know is oh. new or not, but it's the the gun goose. Is that new to Halo Infinite, Nick?
1: I think so. I don't recall there being a gun goose in Five. Yeah. So it is. Yeah.
0: It is actually really cool. Like, I think we have all as fans wondered what it would be like to be able to have some kind of gun on a mongoose and see how mm. threatening that is. That is pretty cool, I must say. Like, it was one thing to have a buddy sit on the back and do some shooting and stuff, which, I mean, Worthless. let's be real. Yeah, it, if, it's one thing to be AI because the AI can actually hit, but if you're an, another player and you're on the back of it, it's near next to impossible. However, the gun goose has these, these dual cannons on the front and I must say, there are there have been quite a few occasions where when I was at a FOB, I decided, you know, I'm going to go for the gun goose.
2: I guess that kind of makes sense because you had the ghost, which was the covenant, like single man operated right. thing. And then you had the, the brute chopper, single man operated yeah. thing. And then you had the the mongoose was just like, no guns, don't shoot me, please. <laughs> you know, yeah. just trying to like get away. So it makes sense a to have like a human, machine. right? It makes sense to have kind of a, a human
0: single operated yeah, no, machine of some sort. And even piggybacking off of that, Ooh, again, you. we haven't gone through the entire campaign narrative. Therefore, we we don't know if there are uh, a bunch of brand new vehicles or not within right. Halo Infinite. If there isn't, um, that I think is also a, um, something that I, I would love 343 to be able to work on, which is... You know, we've had the tried and true classics of like the Scorpion Tank or the mm. Ghost or the Banshee or the Wraith. Um, all of these these vehicles, and we want them to stay. Like right, like we don't want to get rid of them by any stretch. We just want to expand the the different um fleet, if you will, of different vehicles. And I know that they have the wasp, which we've played in multiplayer. Um, and again, this is actually a good example too, where like the Hornet apparently I don't think is in this game anymore, which is again, it's, it's an unfortunate tragedy because like Hornet, the Hornet was what right. I mean, yeah. it, it was really Hornet's cool. fun. So that mm. is something that if I could give some unsolicited advice to three, four, three, it would be that I would love to make sure that we continue to include all the different vehicles from the, the previous Halo games and then continue to, to expand and have um, many different types of, of, additional vehicles as well. One final thing, because I know we're low on time, is um, in terms of the narrative itself, another thing that I do think is worth um or worthy of mention, is I love being able to happen across various um, tablets that essentially help to drive the narrative in in different directions. Like you'll you'll hear like a sonar type of, a bleep sound that kind of leads you to where one of these things exists. And I honestly really do. I've always been a big fan of this ever since Batman Arkham Knight, the game where, you know, in that game, you can pick up different types of, of uh, cassette tapes or audio recordings from the psychiatrists that were interviewing these well-known rogues within the Batman universe, right? That really added another layer or another dimension to the storytelling within that game. And I feel like this is a completely welcome thing in Halo where you have, like I said, you'll be exploring the the world and you will come across different kinds. Not only are they human, but then you'll also have ones that are brute based as well, like, like with the Covenant and the Brutes. So you get kind of this omnipresent uh, glimpse, if you will, into like what happened before the beginning of this game. Was, like, for instance, like we were talking about how, like, we see uh, Master Chief defeated at the beginning of this game, floating out in outer space. And we don't really understand what happened. We know there was some kind of battle or something going on. Picking up these, these like audio um, recordings basically <gasps> begin to shed light as to what went down. Not only that, but then you also get. Oh, like this kind of like behind the scenes understanding of what is going on with the banished with the brutes in relation to the covenant, how that's happening, what their motivation is. And it just acts as a nice companion piece to the overarching narrative, which I know you haven't really had much experience with because you, you've just made it um, into the the ring itself. But Nick, have you come across many of those?
1: I haven't missed one yet, baby. Excellent. Cause <laughs> I mean- <laughs> explore everything. <laughs> do you do you love it do you, do you really enjoy ever coming across
0: it and listening to it
1: oh absolutely i mean it, for me it it, it it goes back even farther than than arkham i think to bioshock because you had the little tapes in bioshock uh-huh. and and yeah i've always enjoyed that kind of you know narrative where it, it offers a, an alternative where it isn't necessarily cut scene. you're still playing right you can still be playing and doing things and listening to this thing as you go um and it does. It does a really good job of fleshing things out because, yeah, you're getting to see what what were the final moments like on the UNSC Infinity and what happened once they touched ground on Halo. And then, yeah, exactly. What is What are the banished up to? Uh, why did they separate from the Covenant? You're finding all these things out through these audio tapes. And, yeah, it provides a, a nice little glimpse that you wouldn't get otherwise if you were just relying on you know point A to point B narratives, you know, go here, do this, Oh, the, the banister here, stop them. You know, it gives it a lot more depth. And yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, I'll say this for finding those kinds of things. If you're an explorer like me, use the scan feature, look for yellow, go find yes. the yellow. Are you, are you the familiar ticket. with the
0: scan?
2: I, I know what the scan is, Russ. I'm paying attention.
0: I'm just saying, I really didn't Gosh. start using the scan until Nick actually brought it up. Oh. And all scan of a I was like, constantly. Oh. Mm.
1: That's the key, baby. What,
0: what'd you say, Nick? Like like you you literally scan like every 10 meters.
1: Yeah, I walk like five five to ten steps, scan. Look around. <laughs> walk five to ten steps, scan, look around. And so far, like every place I've been where it because that's the cool thing. You can go into the tact map, which we haven't really talked about this. So you have this tactical map where you can see kind of like everything that's available to you, the whole halo, and it'll tell you in each mission, kind of like. How many skulls are in that mission? How many of those little Vidoc tapes are there? Uh, Spartan lockers, which are another thing you can unlock and find. Um, It'll tell you how many are in the area. And so then it's up to you to just go find them. But I'm like, if you tell me how many there are, I will search until I find them. I will spend hours, hours to find (laughs) these things. And I have, (laughs) and uh, yeah, scanning, that's the ticket. You want to find them? Keep an eye on your TAC map, scan often. Look for the yellow.
0: It's very true. It's very true. Pressing down on the D pad, do it often, and you will have a nice little scan. I love how when you scan it and you are around something, like it does, in fact, pop up on the open world map. Makes it's, sense. It's it's a very easy to use map. Uh, very you know, very much deserved kudos to the UI team on that.
1: Yeah, very. Well, true. we're
0: out of time, but <laughs> I do want to end this with concluding thoughts on our impressions of Halo so far. Let's start with you, Steve. Well,
2: um, I think I kind of sort of summed everything up in my last uh, you know, statement, but uh, I, I do feel like this is a safer Halo, but I I would rather, again, like I said earlier, I'd rather choose that than a direction that's going to divide the community because, um, I mean, I'm similar to Nick. I, I originally left the PlayStation wagon to join the Microsoft Xbox wagon because of Halo, and um, I bought my Xbox... Um, one with the downloaded Master Chief Collection, and um, I missed the boat on this one to get my limited edition, you know, Xbox uh, Series X, and nowhere to be found. Uh, you know, for this, but <laughs> okay. um, I do love Halo, and I do love John Spartan. I do love this world. Um, and I applaud you know three four three for continuing to give the community something fresh and something new. Uh, even if they've they've fallen down in the last couple games, they're listening to the community, and that's not something that's very common anymore. I mean, and the community wants to spend money. Maybe not as much money like that. Yeah, you know, I probably wouldn't spend as much <laughs> money, but I mean, people like, you know, you other people out there, you know, Nick, for example, would, would spend the money, uh, you know, for, for extras in the game. And, uh, you know, I, and I would hope that they don't stop at what we've already experienced with the multiplayer and the campaign, but I hope there is other DLC out there and, um, that we can use and we can see and explore and make use of, of the better hardware that we have. Um, because I think that we would like to see more, this is a safe bet, which is fine. Um, but maybe like, you know, uh, some of the other games utilized a lot of the hardware to make it better and more beautiful and more colorful and, and, um, And I would like to see that maybe here. I would love to get the DLC if that were to happen. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, this is a step in the right direction. I'll leave it at that. Nick,
0: how about you?
1: All right. Kind of like high level. Uh, Multiplayer, I feel solid Um, for the most part. I, I think that there's some tweaks that need to be made in the store. I think prices are still a bit high. Um, and there should be more opportunities to unlock things through gameplay, especially through campaign since a lot of people are paying either through Game Pass or buying the campaign itself. Uh, also, one other thing that we didn't talk about on that, I, they need to implement a way to turn off crossplay, so yes. that the Xbox community can just play at the Xbox community and keep the PC and their, their hacks and bots out of it. Um, not to mention mouse and keyboard guys just, they're on a whole nother level. But Aside from that, multiplayer, very solid. Um, and, and overall, I'd say a good experience. Campaign has been pretty much everything I wanted and more. My complaints are very similar to yours, Russ, that I, I do kind of wish that we had a new enemy versus a recycled enemy. Um, and, but I also am not caring as much as we've gotten into the narrative and into the story and into the world. It's mattered less and less to me with uh, each passing hour. And going to an open sandbox that rewards and encourages exploration, I think, was just the most brilliant idea that they have had for this franchise in its 20 years. I actually will say between how open it is and the grappling hook, it will be hard for me to go back and play another Halo game, honestly. Mm. Um, I'll be wanting those things. And and it's going to be something that I look forward to seeing how they continue to expand it in the future, hopefully with DLC. I really hope they support this campaign and open sandbox because by making it open, they provided an opportunity that they can just keep throwing stuff in it And it'll totally make sense within the world. And that is a great thing. And so I'd like to spend as much time in this world as possible. And that's a testament to what they've built. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for me, it's interesting how this whole thing kind of started out because it was a bit of a discombobulated experience for me, just in terms of, once again, the the order of operations, of having multiplayer come out first, then campaign coming out later, and then co-op coming out after that. Now that I have the campaign in hand and I've put a certain amount of hours into it, three four three has done a miraculous comeback kid job with this because with Halo 5, I was I, I was very disappointed. I um, was concerned honestly about the future of Halo and how three four three may not be the the custodian that we all thought they were worthy of, and I'm just being honest and blunt about that. Yeah, I agree. After playing what I've played so far, I am relieved and thrilled to say that is not the case that actually three, four, three has their game face on when they made this game. There is a metric ton to appreciate within the campaign itself. This campaign is a very much authentic, true to form return to the glory days of what made halo halo. I think that the addition of the different things like the grapple hook, um, the fobs, the open world, th- even, even some of the stuff that I can't even really go into detail about because they are spoilers. Um, my goodness, like I find myself reaching for the Xbox controller just to continue playing in this wonderful sandbox that they have created. And that is no small feat. I'm very happy that they took the year that they needed to because they listened to the fans. It is an extremely polished game. Like if you are going through the campaign and and you just, you see what you see, you experience what you experience, they really put a ton of TLC into each and every little thing, whether it's the audio or the visuals or how tight the gameplay is. I mean, it is amazing to me like how they drifted off in Halo 5 where like literally I'm playing the game, I'm doing combat and it doesn't feel like Halo to now it, quintessentially feels like Halo. So my hats off to the, the, the game designers and the uh, the folks for, for doing all of that. I'm very excited to be able to see um, where this narrative goes as I'm very invested with uh, the relationship between Cortana and Master Chief. And in this instance, we have the weapon now that has kind of come into the, the spotlight as well. So yeah, like there's, I'm very happy with what I'm seeing so far. And as a result, as I <laughs> I figured would happen, um, when it comes to being able to invest as many hours as I have in the campaign and having more of an understanding of what the purpose is of like the various vehicles or weapons, that sort of thing. Jumping back into the multiplayer feature, I feel so much more ready to be able to be efficient and help my team out as I was in the past. Um and there, there are many other types of, of things that, that we can talk about. Like, one of the things I will mention quickly is, in the campaign, there is an abundance of weapons everywhere. Like, it's amazing like how I, I never, just, especially despite the fact that it is an open world, there are so many different types of weapons that are sprinkled throughout. I, I am never without choice. Versus in multiplayer, where it's like, where is everything yeah i have like the assault rifle and my my pistol and my goodness like maybe on like a a freak accident i'll make a left turn and there will be like some sort of weapon which i'll only hold on to for like two seconds before like five other people descend upon my position and take me out so please three four three if you are listening let's Add some more weaponry uh, as well as vehicles into those, those multiplayer maps because, my goodness, it's uh, it's a little sparse at the moment. Having said that, though, I'm just going to end it with the fact that um, I'm very, very happy. I'm in a sweet spot right now with the campaign and the narrative where I have now realized what the team was trying to do. And let me just tell you, they have succeeded in doing that because it is very much a, a successful return to form. I want to thank our good old buddy Nick, Nick for coming on the show. This is actually the first time that we have uh, put together kind of a video version. I know when we it's were audio time. only that uh, yeah. we had him on, you could, you could hear the sultry velvety sound of his voice, but mm. now that Sweet we are jazz. on video we're on YouTube and rumble and all the rest of it. Now we can actually have the means. Can have a three-way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i sing seen the song. <laughs> With so with the honey in the middle, there's some leeway. Oh my yeah. gosh, that that what?
2: Every
1: year's great in a one, two, three way.
0: <laughs> oh, YouTube copyright right
1: there. Yeah. He knows.
0: Oh no, that, <laughs> that song came out in like 2010 or something. My goodness, that my goodness. Memories are flooding in. Um, I'm gonna try and like. Okay, I gotta end this. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Nick, for uh, coming on. We'll have to have you come back on um, in the very near future. Indeed. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm where you can enjoy exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention continue financially helping us do this show. Also, make sure you push that subscribe button maybe smash that notification maybe bell. grapple it russ oh grapple hook <laughs> the notice. oh my goodness what else what what else we got? Style. um what's the word you, you crawl on it you uh
2: lift your clamber or- clamber
0: well, how about we grapple hook the subscribe button maybe clamber <laughs> on the notification bell that was awesome Steve thank you so much hey i come I bring it sometimes so that way you will not miss a single <laughs> episode of Joy Gazin which drops once a week every week You can also do a search for at JoygasmTV on any social media platform of your preference. We're on just about all of them. What's social media? Mm. Last but not least, do a search for JoygasmTV on Twitch to see us stream our Halo Gaming Adventures live in addition to other games every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. When it works.
1: Yeah. (laughs) When it
0: works. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you all next week.